Friday, 24th September, 2021. As noted in the first introductory segment, this segment will reveal some of the patterns of Acts and of how Acts fits into the overall structure of how the Bible is laid out. Main Purposes There are several purposes concerning the need for the book of Acts as well as its placement in the Bible. 1. The spreading of the Gospel Acts is a historical narrative that develops the theme set forth by Jesus before his ascension. In Acts 1 verse 8, he will say, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Both a purpose for the book and one main structure of the book are found in this statement. Acts begins in Jerusalem. It then extends out to Judea and then to Samaria. Eventually, it extends out into the Gentile world. From that point, the implication is that the narrative then continues throughout the whole world. Exactly as Jesus proclaims. Paul and Barnabas use this terminology when speaking to the Jews at a synagogue in Acts 13.47, a quote from Isaiah 49.6. The pattern is set forth by sections of chapters. Chapters 1-7 through seven largely deal with the area of Jerusalem and focus on the Jews. Chapters 8-12 through 12 largely deal with the areas of Judea and Samaria. As the Samaritans are a mixed race, this is a key transition that leads into chapters 13-28, through 28, which largely deal with the evangelization of the Gentiles as the message spreads to the uttermost parts of the earth. 2. The transfer of authority from Jew to Gentile. This transition from predominantly a focus on the Jews to that of the Gentiles is clearly seen in the fact that the Apostle Peter, also known as Simon, who is the Apostle to the Circumcision, as noted in Galatians 2 verse 7, is mentioned over 60 times in chapters 1 to 12. At the same time, Paul, also known as Saul, is seen over 20 times in those chapters. But he is always mentioned by his Jewish name, Saul. However, in chapters 13 to 28, Peter, or Simon, is mentioned only twice. Both times are in Acts 15. In these same chapters, Paul, or Saul, who is the apostle to the Gentiles, as noted in Romans 11, is mentioned over 130 times. The only time he is called by his Jewish name, Saul, in these chapters is when referring to accounts already mentioned in the first 12 chapters of the book. To highlight these underlying patterns between Peter and Paul, which reveals the transfer of church authority from Jew to Gentile, a comparison of events that are detailed between Peter and Paul is provided by Luke. Firstly, in chapter 2, Peter's work began by the Holy Spirit. Paul's work began by the Holy Spirit in chapter 13. Secondly, Peter was thought to be drunk and then explains himself in chapter 2. Paul was thought to be mad and then explains himself in chapter 26. Third, Peter's first sermon begins a new section of the book in chapter 2. Paul's first sermon begins a new section of the book in chapter 13. Fourth, Peter has a time of work, preaching and then persecution in chapters 2 to 11. 
Paul has a time of work, preaching, and then persecution in chapters 13 to 19. Fifth, Peter has trouble after healing a man lame from birth in chapter 3. Paul has trouble after healing a man lame from birth in chapter 14. Sixth, Peter says, silver and gold have I none in chapter 3. Paul also says, I have coveted no one's silver or gold in chapter 20. Seventh, Peter's shadow heals in chapter 5. Paul's handkerchief heals in chapter 19. Eighth, Peter is arrested in the temple and taken to the Sanhedrin in chapters 4 and 5. Paul is arrested in the temple and taken to the Sanhedrin in chapters 21 to 23. Peter confronts Simon the sorcerer in chapter 8, while Paul confronts Elymas the sorcerer in chapter 13. Tenth, Peter performs an exorcism in chapter 5. Paul also performs an exorcism in chapter 16. Peter raises Tabitha from the dead in chapter 9. Paul raises Eutychus from the dead in chapter 20. Peter lays hands for the reception of the Spirit in chapter 8. Paul lays hands for the reception of the Spirit in chapter 19. Peter is worshipped in chapter 10, or Paul is worshipped in chapter 14. Peter is imprisoned with miraculous escape in chapter 12. Paul is imprisoned with miraculous escape in chapter 16. An angel stood by Peter in chapter 12. An angel stood by Paul in chapter 27. Peter called by a vision to preach in Caesarea in 10. Paul called by vision to preach in Macedonia in 16. Peter's success brings Jewish jealousy in chapter 5. Paul's success brings Jewish jealousy in 13. Peter heals the bedridden Ananias in 9. Paul heals the bedridden father of Publius in 28. Peter ordains deacons in 6. Paul ordains elders in 14. Peter is filled with the Spirit in 4. Paul is filled with the Spirit in 13. Peter is bound with two chains in 12 verse 6. Paul is bound with two chains in 21 verse 33. And Peter twice is called the Apostle to the Jews and Paul four times the Apostle to the Gentiles. 3. The Fulfillment of the Blessing of Noah In Genesis 9, a key to the entire redemptive scenario from that time on is given in Noah's blessing upon his sons. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant, may God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Genesis 9 verses 26 and 27. The primary blessing was given to Shem, it is he, his descendants, that would carry the spiritual blessing of the Lord from that time forward. However, a secondary blessing was laid upon Japheth, saying, And may he dwell in the tents of Shem. Though cryptic, it reveals what would occur in the possession of this spiritual banner. The tents of Shem speaks of Shem's possession of this banner more than once. Japheth dwelling in those tents is a way of saying that he would also possess this banner at some point. It is evident from the structure of Acts that this spiritual banner transfers from Jerusalem to Rome, from Shem to Japheth, from Jew to Gentile, as expressed in the highlight of the apostles who ministered to these groups, Peter and Paul. 
A key to this is found in the trade in which Paul was employed, a tent maker. See Acts 18.3. It is a subtle note confirming the entire concept as he works with his hands, building up the tent of Japheth. This tent will, according to the dispensational model, end at the rapture of the church, a doctrine revealed by Paul. From there, the spiritual banner will transfer back to Shem, meaning the Jews of the tribulation, and following into the millennial reign of Christ. This pattern is then actually seen in the structure of the Bible itself, as is seen next. 4. The Pivotal Placement of Acts The layout of the Bible forms innumerable patterns. One is seen in the order of how the books are placed, with Acts providing a key turning point anticipated by John's Gospel. Section 1. The spiritual banner of the Tent of Shem covers Genesis to Malachi and the giving of the law. Before the Synoptic Gospels continue according to the naming of Noah's sons and the Old Testament law fulfilment, Matthew is directed predominantly to Shem. Mark is directed predominantly to Ham. Luke is directed predominantly to Japheth. Section 2 is a transition. John, the Gospel of John, is a mixture of Old Testament law and New Testament concepts. Acts, as already noted, describes transitional concepts. Jerusalem to Rome, Peter to Paul, Jew to Gentile. Section 3, the tent of Japheth, dwelling in, meaning between, the tents of Shem. This section covers Romans to Philemon, the Gentile-led church. Section 4 returns to the tent of Shem. Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter are all explicitly written to the Jews. Section 5 is a mixture. John's and Jude's letters are a mixture. And Section 6 is a summary from John's time until the end. In Revelation 1 to 4, the church is described. Japheth. From 4 2 to 1921, the tribulation is upon the whole world. And we return to Shem in 21, which describes the millennial reign and final battle. Revelation 22 describes the restoration of all things good for all of mankind. In the sons of Noah, a secondary pattern is found in Acts as well. The three sons are mentioned together six times in the Old Testament. Genesis 5 verse 32, 6 10, 7 13, 9 18, 10 1, and 1 Chronicles 1 4. In all instances, they are listed as Shem, Ham, and Japheth, regardless of their actual birth order. Significantly, this is the order in which the gospel is received by descendants of these three sons. Sons of Shem, Acts 2, the men of Israel. Son of Ham, Acts 8, 27, the Ethiopian eunuch. Sons of Japheth, Acts 10, the house of Cornelius, the Italian. 5. Doctrinal Themes Historical This reveals the development of Acts 1.8, Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Spiritual This reveals the transfer of the spiritual banner from Jew to Gentile. Apostolic This reveals the united message but distinct audience of Peter and Paul. Political This reveals the truth that Christianity is a legitimate religion, religio licita, stemming from the Jewish faith. Prophetic. 
This reveals the fulfillment of Noah's blessing in the stream of redemptive history. 6. A very brief outline. The book of Acts consists of 28 chapters. Chapter 1 is the ascension and awaiting the promise. Chapter 2 is the Omer being counted. The time has come. The birth of the church, Pentecost. Chapter 3 contains apostolic signs of healing. In chapter 4, organized opposition begins. This is contrasted in chapter 5 as the spirit cleans the house within. The Sanhedrin debates without. In chapter 6, there is a resolution of internal conflicts. Chapter 7 describes Stephen's trial and martyrdom. Chapter 8 includes the reception of the message by Samaritans and proselytes. Saul is converted in chapter 9. In chapter 10, a divine message is given to Cornelius and Peter about Gentile conversion. By chapter 11, the message spreads as far as Antioch, where the term Christian is established. In chapter 12, the apostle James is martyred. Peter is imprisoned and escapes. Herod dies. Saul and Barnabas set aside for missions in chapter 13. Chapter 14 describes effective missions being met with great Jewish resistance. The council at Jerusalem is in chapter 15. Chapter 16 has encounters in Macedonia. Then in 17, we have encounters in Thessalonica, Berea and Athens. Paul at the Areopagus, followed in 18 by encounters in Corinth, Ephesus, Antioch, Caesarea, Galatia and Phrygia. Church growth and uproar in Ephesus are in 19. Paul's mission is the main focus of the rest of the book. On the way to Jerusalem in 20, his arrival and arrest in Jerusalem in 21, his testimony before the people of Jerusalem in 22, his hectic path to Caesarea in 23, Paul's trials before Felix in 24, and then to Festus and King Agrippa in 25, and again to them in 26. Paul sets sail to Rome in 27, and is lost at sea and shipwrecked on Malta. The book closes as Paul arrives in Rome. Now, consider how the book's structure develops a theme of church growth. In 1, the plan is given by the Lord in verse 8. Chapter 2 describes the witness in Jerusalem. The witness expands to the cities surrounding Jerusalem by chapter 5, verse 16. Persecution, resulting in witness to Judea and Samaria, occurs in chapter 8, verse 1. The conversion of the apostle to the Gentiles in chapter 9 precedes the first witness to the Gentiles in chapter 10. This witness spreads out rapidly from chapter 11. Official missions work is established in chapter 13. Witness guidelines for Gentiles is given in chapter 15 and then carried forth with full church sanction in 16. The book closes as witness arrives in the seat of power, Rome, in chapter 28. Finally, let us consider the Jewish-Gentile contrast which makes up the book's superstructure. Jewish witness with harvest in chapter 2. Jewish resistance in chapter 5. Jewish leadership rejection of the message in chapter 7. Jewish active persecution of the church, chapter 8. Jewish believers confusion at Gentile acceptance, chapter 11. Continued Jewish rejection, Paul and Barnabas turn to the Gentiles, chapter 13. Total Jewish rejection of Paul's testimony to the Gentiles in chapter 22, and thus in chapter 28, salvation of God has gone to the Gentiles, and they will hear it.
Halleluja, mijn dames.